0: This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.
1: They make it seem like such a big deal. Their job is so hard. Oh, well, well. Why don't you try doing this job, guys, if it's so easy, right? Because even a monkey could do it. That's what you're saying, right? I thought so. All you have to do is say the, uh, what's the word? Uh, oh, yeah. Words. All right. This is Funny People Talking.
2: Hi, guys. My name is Lauren Mayhew. I am an actress, singer, and DJ, and I would rather be pulling out my toenails than listening to Funny People Talking.
3: Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Funny People Talking. I am one of your hosts, Mark Rako, and unfortunately, but maybe fortunately... But still, unfortunately, Danielle is not here with us today. We do miss you, Danielle. Uh, She certainly does add to every show in a very profound way. But I'm still really lucky because in Danielle's place, as if that could be taken is uh, my friend and colleague uh, and honestly one of the biggest fans of the show uh, that I know of, and that is Lois Hersica. Lois is the chief operating officer of Mouth Media Network, which produces the show. Uh, She's also had an incredibly huge career as a, a lawyer at a very high level in New York City, and she is an advocate, a philanthropist, and uh, a mover and a shaker. And I happen to also know she has a funny bone, and so I've invited her to be on the show to guest host today. Lois, welcome to Funny People Talking.
4: Mark, I'm so excited to be here.
3: <laughs> very. I should say that one time, Lois told me she was on the train listening to this show, and apparently, she was on the quiet car. And, but she was laughing out loud and people were (laughs) staring at her, but I was like, mission accomplished. So, uh, anyway, so welcome to the show, Lois. And uh, also with us, of course, is our friend and producer, Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. Elsie, uh, how's your week been? All right. Yeah. How's that on the scale of good to bad for Elsie? I know it's all right, but like, is that, is that more towards the good side, the bad side? Is that in the middle? What Um, does that mean?
0: It's busy, which is good, but uh, I could deal with some less drama.
3: Drama? Yeah. What kind of drama happens in Elsie's life? I'm really curious. Yeah, but I doubt our listeners want to know. So.
0: But I want to know. Well, you know, just people that are high maintenance and... uh. You toxic t- people that are toxic. That's kind of, you know, it's New York. So
2: you're all talking kinds. about me,
0: aren't you? So I told you I didn't want to talk about it. Anymore. <laughs>
3: <laughs> all right. No, anyway, um, um, I, to-
0: I gave you that out.
3: You did so. give me the out, and I pushed and I pushed, and I got yeah. what I deserved. All right, yeah, you don't have to be so agreeable. Anyway, good to see you, Elsie. Thank you very much for sitting on the show, of course. Uh, And with us today, by the way, I'm really excited. We have such great guests on this show, and today is no exception. We have... An incredible entertainer who's had a really interesting career so far. And let me tell you, her star just seems to be getting brighter every day. Her name is Lauren Mayhew, and she is an entertainer. She's a singer. She's an actress. She's a model. She's been a ring announcer for uh, WWE. She's uh, been in a band that's opened up for Big, big performers, uh, you know, like your Carrie, Katy Perry, Destiny's Child, blah blah, in blah blah blah, like that. You know, those kind of people, kind of mediocre talent. You know, sharing the stage with people like that is really amazing. We'll talk more about that in a second. But she has joined us because I'm aware she is a funny bone, <laughs> and uh, and and really happy to have you here. Thanks for coming, Lauren.
2: Thanks so much for having me. Happy to be here.
3: Yeah, I can't wait to to dive into your journey and have some fun. Uh, but before we get started, I do have a question for Elsie. Uh, I need to know, Elsie, what the deal is with the pinwheels.
0: It's windy outside. I wanted to take advantage of it. But, and, uh, there's a lot wind of is usually a nuisance. It just blows around the trash and it, uh, messes up your hair. And when you're on the phone, no one can hear you cause it just sounds like, you know, distortion. So i Pinwheels. Solution. How is that a solution? You think because it brought a little bit of joy.
4: <laughs> it did. It brought joy to me.
0: Thank <laughs> you. See, I got someone who understands. But there's a lot of pinwheels. One pinwheel isn't enough joy. <laughs> you have to have enough to create, you know. Multiple pinwheels. Yeah. She's
2: saying if she's going to commit, she's going to commit.
0: You yeah. really committed. Yeah. That's good. And, you... and it's a little bit more of a scene for others to enjoy as well.
3: Well, I'm enjoying one it. One pinwheel
0: I'm... for one person, but, but multiples go a longer
3: way with the public. Do you ever give away your pinwheels? No. <laughs> <laughs> Let someone get their own damn pinwheel, huh? They got to get that joy on their own. Okay. We got to earn the joy. Get there. Yeah. Pinwheel, you can make them. That's true. I've never made a pinwheel. Have you made a pinwheel? Some of these I've made. Yeah. yeah, you
0: Yeah, you just cut out a square of paper, color it, markers, glitter, whatever, you know. stick it on glitter, a straw or a stick or whatever.
3: Doesn't the glitter fly off the pinwheel? If you use proper glue, no. Oh, pinwheel glue? Yeah, you're reaching. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving on. Um, since Danielle is not here, uh, I would like to see if Lois, um, putting you on the spot, you didn't know this was coming – um and, and, and I give you permission to pass. But I want to offer on the show, as you know, Danielle often has a nerd tip. And I was wondering if in all of your vast encyclopedic knowledge of many things, if something comes to your mind of a nerd tip that you could share that might be useful to people.
4: Hmm. Very interesting. So what I would say is when you're a guest on a podcast <laughs> – <laughs> yes, it's probably something not. tells me
3: this is not going to go well for me. But go ahead. <laughs> No, no, <laughs> uh,
4: I would only say nice things to you. When you're a guest on a podcast, it's probably a really good idea to eat before you come. Mm. Because you definitely if, failed right, that one then. Right, mm. if you don't eat and your stomach makes noises, mm-hmm. it makes it very, very difficult for the editing team to edit out the noises. <laughs> is so, so nerd tip: when you're a guest on a podcast, <laughs> eat before you come.
3: But not like chili or tacos or something. No,
4: nothing that could... Um, create other noises. Right, yeah, Create other noise. <laughs> Possibly so, worse noises. Right. That's right. <laughs> so eat very mild food.
3: You know, I can tell you as an actor, and I'm sure you've experienced this too, Lauren, um, I- I've been on set and my stomach has made noises in Rune to Take before. Oh, like, really? Yeah. Oh. You know, you're sitting there and, and, you know, you've been shooting for days and just yeah. one time your stomach just... Goes I don't know
2: if that's blah, ever blah, happened blah, to me, blah, blah, actually. I mean, my stomach is definitely growled, like, you know, I'm sure on set. I don't think, I don't know if it's ever growled loud enough that it's ruined a take, but that's kind of funny.
3: (laughs) So, okay, I think it's time to start the show. Hey, Lois, why don't you tell me to start the show?
2: Mark,
4: start the
1: show. (laughs) Okay. Okay. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City. And from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie.
3: So glad you're here with us on Funny People Talking, everybody. Again, we're here with Lauren Mayhew, and we're going to dive into her journey and story in just a few minutes. But first, I have to tell you something exciting. Who here has ever had like a great celebrity encounter? I got to say not to put you on the spot at all, but I I know that you've had interactions with a number of people that people would feel are high-end celebrities. Just have you've had the opportunity to interact about them. Have you ever run into someone that that's been a a bit of a, 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 you know, celebrity crush or, or, or you you've been quite impressed that you had the opportunity to meet this person.
4: Oh, absolutely. So, So in my prior life, I was a lawyer. Yes. Lawyers aren't funny, but I did have fun as a lawyer. And I was meeting a client for the first time. And her name was Lauren Scott. And we met. She's a designer. And we met and we talked. And I was about to leave. And she said, Lois, would you like to meet my boyfriend? And I said, sure, I'll meet your boyfriend. Okay. And out walks Mick Jagger. I swear wow. Mick Jagger. In a t shirt and jeans <laughs> and bare feet. And I opened my mouth. I could not say a word. Now I'm never at a loss for words. I couldn't say Wait, he's at the word. law
2: firm with no shoes on?
4: No, no. He was with this client. I met oh, I should have mentioned this. I met at her hotel suite. Oh, okay. And he's there, barefoot, T shirt, jeans. And I was I couldn't say a word. I could not say a word. yeah there's someone i idolize someone whose music i listen to and i was like ah. (laughs) so a celebrity encounter also one of my most embarrassing moments
3: oh well thank you for sharing
4: sure
3: uh what about you elsie have you ever had a like a like a uh, just wow i can't believe i met this person
0: um yeah
3: would you care to tell us more about it
0: all right um I really admire Cindy Lauper. Ah uh, yes, I knew that. And I met her. She's a really kind person and a very humble person and I think she's super cool and I like her music. And that was that was I I was kind of in a surreal moment. And wow. I look back on that and I it's it's just one of those things I'm kinda of surprised it happened. Oh. But it's cool.
3: Well, that's nice. I hope you get to meet her again. Yeah. I mean, you know, spend a little more quality time. That would be cool. Maybe we could get her on the show. Could you work on that? I could try. Okay. Yeah. Uh, That would be amazing, though. Well, actually, I should ask Lauren. Lauren, um, I know you've had the opportunity to interact with a variety of celebrities. Has there been anyone that you've encountered that sort of you were like, (laughs) hi?
2: It was really cool getting to meet. Johnny Depp. Oh, yeah? I thought that was really... so. How um, did that happen? Was, well, yeah. I used to host for Access Hollywood. Okay. And then I hosted my own show called Real Access. And so I got to interview a ton of celebrities, sure. either on the right like the press junkets and stuff. Or press junkets, and, yeah. exactly. And that's actually what this was. It was a press junket for a movie that he had done. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that he's such a level of superstar. And it was like right after the Pirates of the Caribbean movies and everything that... Um, it was just really amazing to, to meet him and also an actor that I really admire in terms of like their skill and um, yeah, I think that that was definitely a little bit different than, you know, meeting whoever is the hottest reality TV star of the month or the flavor of that week or whatever. He's, you know, definitely been kind of like an icon that has not gone away that's, you know, still very respected.
3: I bet he was tiny, too, right? He's
2: very small. I, he's not I, a big human.
3: I, that is something I've uh, uh, he's very joined small. up. I, I I must tell you, that's something I've always noticed, especially men. Yeah. Sh- in, in Hollywood, sh- most of the men are these tiny yep. wisp
2: of a human. I had heels on, and I was taller than him. And, um, yeah, it's so true, though, because in a lot of the films and stuff that I've done, um I've either had that the guy has been on an Apple box or like yeah. a, a partial or I just don't wear heels in the scene. They've yeah. always like put me in flats and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's that's so I don't true. know why that is. I don't know why that there's so many short male actors, but
3: I had one of these moments last night, which is part of why I brought it up. I got to meet, uh, Steven Van Zandt from, uh, East street band and Sopranos and, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, Lilyhammer um and uh at a uh, benefit uh, of sorts Uh and it was really nice. I walked over to him. It was funny though because I went over him and I, all I did was fan gush with him. I was just mm-hmm. like, "Excuse me, Mr. Van Zandt. I really enjoy your work. I just want to compliment you, mm-hmm. Lily Hammer in particular. You know, it was just a wonderful show. Great job. Oh, okay, thank you. What's your name?" It was very nice. He asked my name, um, which you know I'm not assuming next tomorrow he's going to go. Yeah, I met Mark Rako. It was very nice. You know, he's just being personable and engaging. Mm-hmm. With, and then I said, so nice to meet you. And I and then I stepped away and I said, you know what? I can't let this opportunity pass by. And I came back and I ruined it. And I asked him if we could take a picture together. And it was funny because he did agree and he was very sweet about it. But I could definitely see his face drop a little bit. Mm. Just like, oh, well, all right. Make Let's make it quick or whatever. And we took a quick picture. It was very nice. But honestly, in the picture, it looks like he wants to shift me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure he just had, you know, he was just being pleasant, just tired of, you know, you can't have an evening out without someone asking for a picture. And I went there, you know. But I just couldn't let it. I just couldn't let the opportunity pass by. He was just one of those people that. I just
2: Looking back at an hour, are you happy you have the picture?
3: Yeah, of course I am. Well, I
2: don't think you did the right thing.
3: Yeah, my life's better. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. so um, speaking of people that we would love to encounter, um, I just want to take a moment on the show. We do something called the uh, Tina Fey, what do we call it there, Elsie?
0: Plea for Tina Fey. The Plea
3: for Tina Fey. I guess. Uh, one of our great goals in life is to get Tina Fey to participate in the show in some way a call, an interview whatever it may be, whatever we can do to connect with her. I won't go into it now, but I've had a number of near misses in working with Tina and, uh, and I just feel there's destiny of having to have some meaningful interaction. And this show is one thing. So uh, what we do is we pray to the comedy gods wow. in hopes that somehow putting it out to the universe, it'll happen. You never know who will hear. Um, so if we could all, if I may implore you to just take a moment together to just put it out to the universe. Um, and I will lead our call. Uh, Tina Fey, please, please come on the show. I would appreciate if you would just take a moment out of your life and join us. Um, please, Tina Fey. Tina, please join we'd like Tina. you to be on the show. We need you on the show, Tina. Someone that knows us. Tina, tell That's her right. about it. That's right.
4: Should I do a plea in Hebrew? Sure. Baruch Toy, Tina Fey.
3: <laughs> Perfect. Thank <laughs> you. I it it's going to happen winner. now. And amen. <laughs> uh thank you. Okay, so before we go on, I, I want to spend a little time with our friend Lois here. Uh-oh. Uh-oh is right. So Lois, you are one of my colleagues at Mouth Media Network. You've been so great to join us and doing such great work with Mouth Media. I can't thank you enough. I I'm I'm glad to be able to do it in some public way here. Um but you're also you're making re- me
4: cry. Oh. <laughs> and
3: you're 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 such a fascinating and interesting person that just knows so many amazing people, but I, I don't often talk to you about like regular life, like like once in a while. But we don't talk about like, hey, what did you do on Tuesday or whatever. Is there anything that's happened in Lois's world recently that I don't know about that might be fascinating to to, or that was weird that happened or? Okay,
4: so I things always happen to me riding the Amtrak train. Okay, so I go to Philadelphia once a week. I teach at Penn Law School. And, you know, it's an exhausting day. I work in the morning. I go teach for two hours, come back on the train. And I just want to listen to a podcast, maybe funny people talking, (laughs) and just close my eyes and relax. So last week, I'm coming back on the train. I put my AirPods in. I'm listening. Everything's fine. I'm sort of half nodding off to sleep, but still listening. And I feel something on my feet. And I just... I mean, I thought, is this a mouse? Is this a rat? It's on my feet and it's moving, okay? And it's clearly alive. And and so I just jump up and scream. And then I hear a scream and I look down and it's this little boy. And he sees me and I see him and we scream at each other. And then he proceeds, wearing a little yellow rain slicker and he proceeds to go underneath the train underneath the seats, like an Amtrak. Like crawl his way up craw- to wherever. Oh, my goodness. Way, right? And he's crawling. And all of a sudden, I hear this woman running down the aisle screaming, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. And this is the mom looking after this kid who's running all the way down. And you know how disgusting it is. I was on the floor. just thinking that oh, the, all, the Amtrak- whole time okay. that you were telling the story, it's I was like, right. so, so gross. So disgusting. And, this and kid. the woman's <laughs> screaming. And the kid is running and screaming. And everyone on the Amtrak train is hysterical. And it was just—I was just oh, glad it was not a rat.
3: My no one got this on video. I, I gotta I like call YouTube true. to see if someone got this. I that is absolutely it, hilarious. Yeah, My
4: new best friend in this little. Slicker. Did yeah. you
3: look around to see if there were cameras rolling? Like, no, like, is like, this a, am, am I in a laughing. scene and on, the on the like a sitcom? Was screaming
4: and hysterical on the kid, and so disgusting on those floors.
3: Oh, good. It's pretty a, gross. Have you ever yeah. seen like a kid lick a pole in a subway oh, car or something? Yeah, that's terrible. I mean, I would imagine it's like an inoculation of sorts, but.
4: Yes. Good Lord. If he lives through that.
3: By the way, did you see that New York declared a state of emergency because of the measles outbreak? outbreak? Oh, I didn't know. It's that serious, and there's wow. like a—I don't remember the number of states, but it's like I don't know. I'm going to say 27 states have like urgent measles issues. Is this—is this like our big plague that's going <laughs> to—is this the big plague? Right. That's just right. like
2: a simple shot thing that you have to get, right? right. So, I mean, yeah. the Yeah. yeah. I know.
3: So, God, I never, in a million years, I never thought measles would be something I actually, like, need to think about. Thought that yeah. it was taken care of when I was four or whatever, right? Did you
4: have a vaccine?
3: I assume so. I hope so. I'll have to give my mom a call. <laughs>
2: yeah. Just to
3: be on the safe side. So, um, okay. So, I thought it would be fun to play an improv game. Okay. Uh, before we get to your story. And I can't bypass the idea that I have a singer in the room here. And so I just think it's so appropriate to do one of our favorite games, which is called Mishmash Mix. And the idea of the game is that you give someone three words Mm -hmm. and they have to make up a song using those three words and integrate them into the song. So what do you think? Does that sound fun? All right. So we'll each get a turn at it. Lois, however- Can you use other I'm...
2: words in the song, too, or yeah, just Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not okay. just those,
3: people, although that would be interesting. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give Lois a reprieve from singing out of a pre-show request <laughs> and, and give her the opportunity to, uh, if she would like to participate, if you'd like to participate, Lois, to, you could either tell a poem, make up a poem on the spot using those three words, or a rap, Or anything that you might do that doesn't require singing. Okay, thank Thank you. you. Thank you, Of course. At least I can do. Um, uh, So why don't we start? uh, Elsie. Yeah. Why don't you give me three words, and I will try to sing a song. Made up on the spot. All right. Ready? Yes. Frog. Yes. Saliva. Yes. Polka dots. Okay.
2: Wow. (laughs)
3: Hmm, saliva, frog, yeah. and polka dots. Right. That's challenging and gross. Oh, but it's so much fun. I you know. All right, let's see here. All right, here we go. The song about frog, saliva, and polka dots. I'm just stalling for time right now. Um, we knew that, Mark. I know. It was obvious, <laughs> right?
0: Oh, my gosh.
3: Um, I had a frog and his name was Fred i thought he was alive but he really was dead the reason i thought he was alive uh, is that i saw a bunch of saliva on his mouth but the thing was the polka dots gave him away because they disappear when he went away. I had to work polka dots into the song. <laughs> so this way might have been wrong, but Fred was dead. And that's the end of the song. That was terrible. That, well
2: that was not done. my
3: best work. But, well done. Um, okay. So uh, Lois, why don't you give Elsie uh, her words and she'll try to make up a song.
4: Chicken, chicken,
3: mm.
4: meatballs,
3: meatballs, mm.
4: and umbrella,
2: umbrella. I was sensing a theme at first until umbrella. <laughs> I know
3: we're all getting hungry yeah. there.
0: I was eating my chicken in the cafe. Things seemed to be going my way, but then there was a storm. A storm of meatballs, thank god I had my lucky umbrella cause I got to protect my chicken.
3: <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling with some sort of substance that would make more sense to me. What do you want? That was good. Okay. Mine was not better. I'm not making fun. I'm not throwing I just thought I I've heard you do this before. I, I thought that it was gonna be I thought there was more was gonna be more. Sorry to disappoint. You're not disappointing.
2: It was a short song. It was good. That was the radio edit. If you went the extender, it the right? radio edit. <laughs> you had to download that one separately.
3: Hey, <laughs> Elsie, what's the B-side of that song? I don't know. I have to think on that. Okay, I'll come back to you on that. I'm going to come back for the B-side. All right. All right. Uh, Lauren, I'd like you to share a song with us if you'd be so inclined. Sure. Uh, it's... Um, tomahawk oh wow um pontiac jeez and fire
2: god there's so many syllables in a lot of i know that was
3: unfortunate Uh, but i have such great faith in you
2: tomahawk pontiac and fire all
3: right by the way i'm aware lauren can sing better than any of us in the room so i wanted to give her more of a challenge
2: (laughs) i'm like oh my gosh okay um Tomahawk, huck, 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 huck. Tomahawk, huck, 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 (laughs) huck. Cruising down the street in my Pontiac with my tomahawk, huck, 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 huck. Crap, I forgot my other word. Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Uh, Cruising down the street in my Pontiac with my tomahawk, tomahawk fire. I don't really know how that goes into it, but it just felt right at the end.
3: <laughs> that was great. And I like, I like the stalling technique at the beginning, too. <laughs> I totally forgot my other word. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> that was awesome. That anyway. was awesome. Hey, great voice, by oh, the way. Not you. that that wasn't publicly not public knowledge, but uh, you're a great singer. Oh,
4: thanks. I passed my turn to Lauren. You did? I am. I'm passing
3: Oh, you're passing? Turn. You wanted to do it again? What you know? yeah. Oh, yeah.
4: Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: All right, we're gonna. Lauren gets to do it again. Sure.
2: She's
3: really good. Yeah. So, why don't you give Lauren three words? And Lauren can. Let's see what Lauren comes up with. And I would like to throw a spin on this. Oh. Country style. Oh, yes. Although that, what you did was a little country style, I think, a little bit. But let's hear some twang.
2: Okay, ready? Mm hmm.
4: This is a two part word. Okay. Salmon jerky. Oh, my
2: goodness.
3: Which we've had on the sh- on one of the shows. Someone brought salmon jerky on one of the shows. Was it good? It network. sounds
2: kind of good. I mean, I know Lois doesn't like it because she hates right. salmon. I that will right. tell and you, no, jerky, nobody, weird nobody,
3: nobody on the show, including the person that brought it, liked it at all. Oh my god! It was we were worth it. Right. It came in a sheet.
2: Well, first of all, he brought it to, or he or she brought it to the wrong show. There's two people here that don't like salmon. So. It
3: wasn't this show, but yeah, oh, okay. true. Yes. So I'm so sorry, Lois. Okay. Salmon jerky. All right, salmon
4: jerky. Okay, salmon jerky, slipper,
3: oh.
2: and raincoat. Mm.
3: Salmon jerky, slipper, and raincoat.
2: I woke up in the morning and put on my slippers Got outside and realizes nothing rhymes with slippers, uh, and but was feeling real chipper. Got in the car and cruised down the highway. Uh, God, I cannot. I need like a sign that has all my words. Um, Salmon, jerky, slippers, and what was the other one? Raincoat. Raincoat. Okay. Um, let's start
3: again. Okay, I'll give okay. you a second take here. Uh,
2: God, there's so such weird words. It's hard for me to remember them all. Okay. Uh,
3: slippers rhymes with slippers. That's right. Let's
2: start it off again. I woke up in the morning and put on my slippers, got in the car, was feeling real chipper. Wish I had my salmon jerky here with me, but then felt I was riding free. Here we go. Woo, 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 woo. Uh, Here I go. Woo, 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 woo. Man, that went from country to like doo-wop or something. (laughs) Um, Riding on down the road until it started pouring. Cats and dogs need my raincoat
3: yeah Yeah, that's what i'm talking about that's that's great good job lauren thank you very much for diving in
2: absolutely
3: elsie yeah b-side
0: i'm trying okay
3: Uh, and she's
2: like writing stuff down i know she's preparing (laughs) it's gonna be amazing all
3: right all right i'll do one more real quick to pad for time no
2: she's gonna be ready
3: all right she's ready Elsie mad is madly madly well, You gave me a task. I'm trying I, to make I it know. interesting. So okay.
0: um I'm trying to wait one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Oh, I'm missing a word.
3: What are you doing? Mad libs? Wait, I'm thinking, hold on. Elsie requires complete silence.
0: Okay. Think. So wait, wait, hold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: You trying to include all the words that we've all done?
0: Yeah. See, wow, really that's yeah. cool. So, all right,
2: so since we've got that
0: out there, I, I'm the going so slippers, uh, salmon jerky, umbrella, raincoat, Pontiac, frog, saliva, polka dots, tomahawk. What am I missing?
2: Pontiac, fire.
0: So, oh, fire. Yeah, yeah. And what else? Uh, oh, chicken and meatballs. Yeah.
2: There you go.
3: All right. I will say right now, if Elsie executes this, yeah, probably not with twelve don't words. Don't get your hopes up. I'll be duly <laughs> impressed. Ladies and gentlemen our producer elsie will be attempting the impossible taking on 12 words in an in i
0: round was sitting at sh- home in my polka dot slippers just chilling out eating my meatballs i felt kind of cold but so i put on a fire and it started to make me drool well, I didn't want saliva on my salmon jerky. Did I mention that I had a side of chicken? Thank God I was not eating a frog, because I think that's kind of... On fire? No. Jerky? No. Pontiac? No. Where is my song going? I don't know how to incorporate some of these words. So I decided to go outside in the storm. Took my raincoat
3: umbrella. This is absurd. Okay. That may have been more freeform poetry. but That was really. Well, Thank you for you making know. the attempt. That I was do? really good. There's Thank very contemporary. you. Very contemporary. Well, that's mishmash mix of sorts, everybody. Thank you, Lauren, so much for uh, two for there. No and uh, sharing your talents Alright we're going to take a quick break When we come back We're going to dive into Lauren Mayhew's story Find all about her amazing talents And the journey she's been on And where she's going from here And uh, based on what we know so <laughs> far I feel that's like it's going to get pretty interesting So I said purdy because we did a country song so, We did But they say purdy say So alright we'll be right back
1: Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you.
3: funny people talking everybody we're still here we didn't go anywhere and i hope you didn't either and that means we are here about to talk with lauren mayhew she is actress entertainer ring announcer uh dancer model influencer uh comedian
2: I wish I was a stand-up comedian. I just went to go see some stand-up comedy. I think it's one of the hardest things to do. Have you ever tried? I have not tried to do stand-up comedy. I have done comedic acting, but I feel like that's also very different.
3: It than, is different. Of course yeah. it's different. Comedic acting, in fact, the best comedic acting, I know you'll agree with this, is, is generally when you're not trying to be funny. For sure. And that's what makes it so great is, mm-hmm. is those moments. Um where you really believe what you're saying is for the sure. thing that should be said. So uh, what stops you from trying the stand-up? What has kept you from Well, doing...
2: I Well, maybe I will try at some point or one day, but um, I've kind of branched out. I mm-hmm. do, you know, a bunch of different things within the entertainment sphere. So um, I'm just trying to really focus and hone in on those things at the moment. But, you know, maybe one day I'll challenge myself and do it for fun.
3: Do you – what do you consider yourself as – like what do you do?
2: Um well every day is different.
3: And I I'm not going to accept the answer I'm an entertainer.
2: I mean I was going to get more specific for you. Yeah. Um so yeah, every day is different. Um I mean I write and sing and record music that I collaborate with um different producers and DJs. I actually just had a song come out today.
3: Wow. Um, what does that mean come out?
2: So it was released um like across all digital download stores, everything from Amazon to Google Play to Spotify to iTunes, Apple Music. All, who re- who all released
3: the things. it? Is it a self-release? Is no, it
2: a- um, it's released through a label called Clippers Sound, which is based out of Spain. And wow. um, with congratulations! The D- Thanks. Yeah, and the DJ is also based out of there as well. Um, he's a pretty big DJ that plays all over the country there and internationally. His name's Alan Ramirez, and it was actually cool for me too because it was the first song that it's kind of uh, Spanglish. There's a little bit of Spanish in there, really. Um, and I speak Spanish pretty fluently, and so that was fun to be able to incorporate that into a song. And uh yes, what's out today, check it out and all all the, all the things. It's called Come With Me.
3: Wow. And uh is this a song you wrote? Yes. Uh how many songs have you written do you think so far?
2: Oh man. I Best don't know. That's guess. I mean hundreds uh, maybe really? maybe wow. th- I mean maybe over a 1000. I don't know, like a lot. Wow. Over my in my life, like a lot. I have yeah, um
3: That's <clears> a pretty big commitment to music.
2: Yeah, I mean I've been doing music since I was very young. I started writing songs probably when I was around Sixteen, I guess, sixteen or seventeen years old, and um, I've so written- two years ago, basically, yeah. And uh, I've been writing. I've licensed a lot of songs to film, TV commercials, video games, wow. um, stuff like that. Um, and then I also DJ myself. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a, been a newer endeavor that I've only done almost only done in the last two years. Um, and it was because I was touring with all of these DJs internationally and realized that I really couldn't do what I do without them or without a band or a guitarist or some sort of backing. And it was its such a freedom to be able to go and just perform on your own, not to have to rely on anyone else. So um, that is definitely one thing that I kind of just buckled down and learned how to do. And I'm so grateful that I did because it's been such an awesome thing. Um, so now being in New York, I've only been here about five or six months, but I've been DJing at a lot Where of Where were different- you
3: before? LA. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. Um, So I was DJing, or I am DJing, at a lot of the different Tao properties here in New York and some pretty big nightclubs and rooftop like clubs and lounges and lots of really cool places. So that's another thing that I do. And then I also act, which I will encompass into that voiceover stuff as well. Mm -hmm. So um, since I've been here, I got to do a couple different national commercials and a video game. Um, I'm one of the main voices in League of Legends, which is a pretty popular game. And uh, I'm up for a very big Netflix series right now, which unfortunately I've signed, oh, Like I think I signed okay. my first child away, so I can't say what it that's is. okay. But um, it's an animated cartoon that's that fantastic. you guys would know um, that great. was a movie and now is um, a TV show. And it's for one of the lead characters.
3: That is fantastic. What a great gig that would be. And
2: I sing in it too, which is really
3: cool. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Wow. So
2: fingers crossed, hopefully I will get it. Um, but yeah, and then in the acting realm, I've done a bunch of different TV shows, guest stars and feature films and things of that nature, um, like Dexter and CSI. Um, there's a new show that's on Fox called 911 that I got to guest star on. Um, I shot an independent film like last year in, um, Denver, which was super cool. I always love it when I get to go on location. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'd say my, you know, my job is variant and also takes me to a bunch of really cool places and, um, yeah. Yeah.
3: What is your, if, if right now somehow the gods came together and made happen, they said, okay, you get to do one thing really big Mm -hmm. for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. But the deal is you have to give up the rest of the stuff that you do. It's not a choice. This is going to happen. What's the thing you pick that you do really big?
2: I'd probably say acting because... I feel that music would be harder to do the older that you get. And it's more exhausting. And I feel like at some point, you know, if...
3: I love how you made a business decision about it. Yeah. It wasn't even like, this is the thing I love the most. This is the... Because
2: it's not, because honestly, when people ask me what I love the most, it's impossible to choose. Mm-hmm. I love all of them. They fulfill very different things within me. Um, also, it's kind of a trick because as an actor, um, there are a lot of different acting roles where you have to sing. So, but don't I get to do both. Yeah. <laughs> Bitches. <laughs> uh, um, yeah.
3: Let's talk a little bit about the acting thing. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the comedy part of acting. We kind of hinted sure. at it. When you're doing a serious role. Yes. How does comedy play into? it? Too? How do you think about comedy as it connects to a serious role? a dramatic role. Is that something you think about?
2: Not usually because typically when I'm doing dramatic roles, they're they're very, very like intense. Like, you know, when you're on CSI and Dexter and shows like this and you're being, you know, almost murdered or like interrogated for someone close to you dying, there's very little, if any humor in that at all. Um, but I think that, you know, as an actor, you always want to try to find different levels. So even if it's not, you know, even if it's just kind of like an aside remark or something that's kind of like snickery or something like that, that has a a certain level of like, I don't know, snarkiness or bite to it or a little like just something that's like a little flair to it. um, I think that that makes the scene more interesting because if it's all just completely sad the whole time, um, it's less entertaining. I feel like Mm -hmm. does that make sense?
3: No, I, I do understand. Um, It makes me think of a time when I I did a a small uh, co-star part on Blue Bloods. Uh, Mm -hmm. I had to walk through a forest with Donnie Wahlberg and and his co-star on that, and and, uh, and I lead them up to a body or whatever, and then I have to turn around and walk back down the hill, and the whole idea is like, we came all this way, and now I got to go back down. Mm -hmm. And I just did a simple No one told me to do this. I just made a choice, and I did a simple eye roll before I walked back down. Mm Mm-hmm. And it made them crack up, like like when they were reviewing the scene, they were cracking up about it. And they noticed that. Awesome. And my my point isn't like how awesome was I. It's, it's it's just that that tiny choice to add a little humor in it mm-hmm. actually really added to that scene. It yeah. added dimension to that or to that shot that wasn't there before and, that added the humor. Um, now let's let's talk about the other end. So humor uh, when you're doing a comedic role, um, how do you think about it? Well, how do you attack it?
2: I mean, there's so many different types of comedy, you know? I mean, I feel like there's how do you, like... Well,
3: how do you connect it to Lauren and, and how Lauren is funny?
2: I think it depends on the character. Um, like, that's such a broad question because um, depending on, like, the type of comedy that the show kind of contains and knowing the other characters and knowing my relationship to the other characters, I would factor in all of those things um, in making the choices that I would make within the scene.
3: Gotcha. Now, you're, you're all over the place. You're doing a million things. You're meeting a lot of people. Who would be someone in your life that we would be surprised you have access to? I'm not going to ask you to do it, but who could you call on the phone right now and they'd answer and we'd go, wow, really? Who would be,
2: be surprised? I don't know who would impress you guys. I mean um – We're easily impressed. You're easily impressed. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean you're saying – I mean – it's it's funny to me because, like, to me, they're just like, you know, right? I don't know. I mean, but I mean, yeah, I know a lot of different actors who are on different TV shows and things like that. Um, but I mean, you were talking about Blue Bloods. I told you, like, one of my um good friends is uh one of the series regulars on that, Will Estes, and he's been on the show all nine years. Um, I'm just trying to think of other friends who are on <laughs> series or whatever right now. Um, I don't know, I don't know who would be. Other impressive people. I mean, I think they're all impressive because they're my friends. <laughs> well,
3: that's great. I actually, I love this answer more than anyone you could say because, you know, I, I do understand that because it's all relative. Mm-hmm. It's all re- There may have been a point when you were younger and you would have looked at a star and go, oh, my goodness, that person's famous. And now that's just your
2: mm-hmm.
3: person you went to that birthday party with and mm-hmm. and they invited you and they're just your friend that you drank some Chardonnay with, you know, or whatever, you know. Um What's it like being a DJ?
2: Such a loaded question. There's so many ways I could answer that. Um, One, there's like a thing that people tip on when they ask about what it's like being a female in a very male dominated like industry, which I think can be a benefit because you know you're more unique and you have a very specialized and uh, different brand. But I think also people are kind of harder on you because they want to make sure that you're not just. a gimmick, I guess. Um, so I, t- you know, I've always take, taken the things that I do in my career very seriously and, um, you know, just make sure that the technique and the musicality and like really the actual skill level is, you know, where I want it to be. Um, because I, you know, always want to be able to hang with the best of them and whatever I do. um, it's definitely, it's interesting here in New York. Um, I mean, obviously most, you know, typically DJs DJ at night or late night. However, in New York clubs are open significantly later than on the West coast. <laughs> so sometimes I'll get my set times and they'll be like, yeah, and you're playing, you're you're going to get close," which is like, could be four thirty in the morning. I'm like, damn it. I miss LA right now. <laughs> where places close at two. <laughs> um, so stuff like that is kind of fun and interesting. Um, it's also another profession that, Really allows you to travel a lot. I've, I've gotten to go to amazing places with DJing. Um, just this past year, I got to go to Amsterdam and play and also um, Cape Town, South Africa, which was a lot of fun. And uh, I feel like it's definitely broadened my musical taste so much because I spend so much time now scouring Beatport or BPM Supreme or asking other DJs for like their favorite songs and things like that. And it's a, um definitely really keeps me um, on the pulse of new creative music
4: how do you learn how to dj i mean is
2: there an online certificate program so there is there is like okay so you can definitely try to start learning online for sure there's i mean you can learn anything off youtube right um there are definitely also dj schools i did neither of these things like a real school yeah there are real dj schools yes um, Good that my kids didn't know about that. Right. They what uh, they're not cheap, careers. by the way, either. Really? They're very expensive these day. Schools. How I learned, which is super crazy, I uh, was single at the time and I was on Bumble, and which is a dating app, just mm-hmm. like Hinge or Tinder, or whatever. In case you guys aren't familiar, and um, we know these things. Okay. And so they're I was very worldly. Yeah. So I was on Bumble and uh, matched with this guy and. Um, went over to his house. We were taking bikes from his house to go um, biking around Venice. And when we got back and we brought the, um, this was in California, when we brought the bikes back, I looked into his place and I saw that he had like this whole huge DJ setup. And I was like, oh, I thought you um, worked in marketing and nightlife. I didn't know you DJed as well. And he goes, oh, well, back in Brazil, I I used to throw parties and I DJed at the parties. He goes, now I just kind of play for fun, like for myself, but I still kept all the equipment because I really enjoy it. And I was like, that's amazing. I've really been wanting to learn. He's like, oh, get up there. He's like, I'll teach you some few things. So it started off just like that, that night. And then he was like, you know what? I will teach you how to DJ. And so anytime I had free time, I would, he had a a lot of free time during the day because he worked mostly at night. So, um, and from his house. And so I said, Basically, I would message him anytime I was free, and I'd be like, hey, can I come over? And he'd be like, yeah, come on over. So I had – because the hardest part of I think, about learning is just having actual physical time with the CDJs and the mixer and all the equipment and stuff like that to be able to physically just practice, right? So – because once you know the basics, it's just doing it over and over again and kind of getting familiar with it. I mean, obviously, then you can learn additional tricks and things like that, but – um yeah, he would just when I'd mess something up or wouldn't do a good, you know, transition, he'd be like, "No, no, no, do that again. Try that again." And that's how I initially learned, which is really crazy. So, I don't know how most other DJs learn, but That's a great story. Yeah.
3: I enjoyed the passion with which you told that. There was a lot of energy in you talking
2: about that. Well, it was really exciting for me because um you know, it was unexpected and he really changed my life in a big way. And then continued to kind of like follow my career and like, you know, was really supportive when when he, he actually left to go on a year-long sabbatical and he thought enough before he left to introduce me to a friend who also DJed um, and who also had all the equipment and to kind of pass over my tutelage, if you will, to him because he was like, I'm Lauren, I'm leaving, I'm going to be gone like for like a year, but Peter is like taken over, which was really cool. And... um He's just been involved. Like, you know, when I started actually first playing out live and playing my first clubs and stuff, he was so excited, so on board. And uh, it was just really cool to be able to share that with someone who had kind of seen me really start from the beginning with that. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. And we're still good friends.
3: I ju- I'm just digging the energy that you have here talking about this. how How do you um, – one more question on the DJ front. How do you infuse Lauren into your – work as a dj how does lauren's personality manifest itself in the show that you is is there a version of lauren that's the dj is the dj a character of sorts or is the music in your performance a piece of lauren that you express
2: i definitely say it's a piece of me because um you know i'm sitting there curating you know uh, a set of you know music that inspires me and moves me and something that I would want to listen to and would want to dance to so it's very easy to obviously get into it and um, perform and move around and dance and do all these things because it's what moves me you know so I think that um, it's very easy to um, show that passion to others
3: you're you're essentially painting with sound yeah of in a way right yeah interesting I'd like to change the subject a little bit. Okay. Looking at your Instagram feed, mm-hmm. here's what I get out of it. Okay. A woman of action. Your <laughs> choice true? Your, your choices of pictures, <laughs> mm-hmm. it looks to me, you, you, you choose that moment in which you are in action. There's not a stillness to that.
2: Thanks. I take that as a compliment because I just feel <laughs> like there's so many, you know, you look at so many photos on Instagram and it's always... Um, you know, a person just posing for a photo that's, you know, kind of, Yeah. I don't want to say contrived because, you know, you can have a beautiful photo that's, you know, just someone sitting there and, you know, posing for a photo, but um, it starts to all feel the same. And so I feel that I want to show the things that I'm doing and the things that I um, am involved in, in my everyday life. And I feel like that is not only a better view into who i am for my fans but also is more fun to show
3: um how badly do you want to be a superhero
2: (laughs) pretty badly actually (laughs) what made you say that
3: because that's who i think you're portraying in your instagram feed is
2: i've i definitely i always um i'm actually gonna blank on her name right now uh, it's a really interesting, beautiful name. But you know the girl who's in she's in a ton of action movies. The one that comes to mind is Fifth Element with Oh uh, um,
3: Mia Jovovich.
2: Yes, 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 yes. are you say. Her name, I yeah. totally would like love to do roles like that. Yeah, and like I you know, would love to do roles You'd like that great. where it's like very physical and there's a lot of action, but it's still like a really amazing um theatrical yeah. like character to play.
3: I totally see you. Okay, so if I was casting you right now, just based on how you're dressed, how you're interacting, and, and I had a bunch of action pictures I could cast you in, and I, I hope this won't put, you know, put you off or anything like that. I would you'd be the um, the difficult bad girl who who hijacked my car mm. after she robbed the gas station. And we end up it ends up being a buddy picture of sorts as we are now chased by worse bad guys and and you're you end up being this incredible person who's fearless and ends up really being a good person inside, but you've had a tough life kind of that, I'll that's like it. That's,
2: Sounds good. Complicated, multiple layers. Yeah,
3: that's what I that's what I And see.
2: actually most people always um it's interesting, and all of the uh, guest stars I've played in CSI, Law and Order, like medical investigations, all these different shows, I'm always like the prime suspect of the person who potentially yeah. you know killed the person or did whatever. And I'm never actually the one who did it. Right. But kind of funny, I guess I just look guilty.
3: Well now we know that <laughs> we're gonna see you on a show, where we're like, Well, she didn't do it. She, she didn't told do us, it. <laughs> Well, you know, there's a first time for everything. That's right. <laughs> you seem like someone who lives out loud. Do you think that's true?
2: Um, I do. I do. I think uh, you, you, that um you're
3: not dressing quietly. You that's you dress true. with expression. Mm-hmm. Do, do, uh, and I mean this with no disrespect. you 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 have a um an energy in the way that you're speaking that's not timid. Mm-hmm. It's it's out there. Yep. Your your Instagram feed, a public way that you showcase yourself mm-hmm. is action. For sure. Um you're not doing one thing, you're doing fifty um <laughs> and doing them widely and brilliantly um and um and why do you think that is real well deep if you met my here. family
2: okay you it would definitely understand it's i feel like you know in most family dynamics there's like if one person's a loud one, the other one's the quiet one or you you know, not in my family. My family, it's like loud, louder, loudest extreme. Like it's we're there it's a big family of extroverts that are very warm and very friendly. My dad is like a giant teddy bear. My mom was like, you know, cheerleading captain and is like the like a like the epitome of like a southern belle and southern hospitality. Um, yeah, so my whole family is like that. I just was raised like that, I guess. Is it
3: about that so the only way you can be heard is to be louder than the person next kind to you in, in a way?
2: Actually, you know, it's interesting. Some people, I have a tendency, uh, to interject when other people are talking, but to me, that's my way of showing that I'm interested in what you're saying and I'm are trying to Are you talking
3: undertake. about, sorry, I was just. Exactly.
2: So I, 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 I a, don't get offended when somebody interjects mm-hmm. with me, especially if it's something to, um, add on to something that I'm saying. Cause clearly they're, they're listening. To- yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas some people, um, and I have this issue with my boyfriend sometimes he gets very upset when I interrupt him and I try, so I try to be much better about that now, but I tried to explain to him that it's not coming from a bad place. It's because I, I get excited about what he's saying and because I'm wanting to like add to what he's saying. Um, but to him, you know, he feels like he, you know, he wants to be fully heard and then, I can say something. But to me, when I get very excitable, it's hard for me not to interject and say something else. But I do think that that's because of my family and that, um, when we would talk with each other and get excited, like that was something that was very commonly done all the time. So.
4: Can you tell us about wrestling?
2: Sure. Absolutely. Um, So I was a ring announcer and national anthem singer for the WWE. I did uh, SmackDown, ECW, and Superstars, and it was super crazy. It's like a traveling circus, um, very different than anything else I've ever done in entertainment. I travel somewhere new every week, and uh, it was a total blast. It was um, a live show that I got to do basically every night, but it was kind of foraying into a world where I was familiar with. I mean, I remember like watching some things like when I was younger, because a lot of the boys in my, you know, grade school, like class and stuff were very into it. But wasn't something that as an adult I really followed. So it was interesting, like when I first just got thrown into it, having to learn basically everything about all of the brands, about all of the wrestlers, because as the ring announcer, you have to know their intro music so that you can introduce their name, their height, their weight, um, where their hometown is. And uh so it was a lot of learning to do at the beginning. Um but then it just really kind of flowed like certain things, um just the the whole vibe of like the um of the shows just kind of came like second nature. So what does it sound like when you're a ring announcer? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and
4: gentlemen.
3: Yeah,
2: it's like um uh, the following contest is scheduled for one fall and, and it's for the ECW champion. champion. Something like that. And then I'd be like now approaching the ring, weighing three hundred and twenty pounds. pounds. Wow. And then going on to name whoever. how it did you get that so great? job? So random. It was just through my commercial agent. Um, and at first I was like, man, wrestling? You mean like the guys in tights? I was like, all right. Well, so I go in. I audition.
3: <laughs> Which I'm sure how they like to be referred to. Right. right.
2: I think of yeah. that
4: as ballet.
2: But... Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the guys I,
3: in unitards?
2: Yeah. I went in and I auditioned and I also sang the anthem. And then I got a call back and then I got um, a screen test where I got flown out to Connecticut where their headquarters are. And when I got there, I was really, really impressed. I mean, it's – I mean, and it's grown even substantially since when I did it. It's, you know, they call it the WWE Universe because it is. I mean, they have their own feature films. They have their own TV shows. Mm -hmm. They have their own production facilities, recording facilities. Um, There's just – they have something for everything. Has
3: this opened up other opportunities within that universe for you?
2: So actually when I first left the WWE, I actually did some work in – other wrestling capacities and for like mixed martial arts and things like that. So I I did um some I got flown out to first like autograph signings. I did a couple uh, like around the country like in Philadelphia and in Atlantic City. I also like ring announced and sang the anthem at um events and things like that. Um which was pretty cool. It was um, you know, once again, they each have their kind of own um vibe and fan base and kind of feel to them. Um But still, I feel like if you're a fan of one, a lot of times you're fans of many of the different um, varieties that are within the wrestling kind of umbrella. So, uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to be a part of all of that and just be exposed to more of the brands for sure.
3: Now, being in front of that many people, you're you're in live events. Mm -hmm. um, How many people typically would be in a WWE event? Like
2: 50,000 people.
3: 50,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of people. They would sell out
2: like Staples Center twice. I got to perform at the O2 Arena in London, like huge. Like WrestleMania is over 100,000 people. Okay. I mean, it's it's massive. Like the company-
3: 100,000 people in one place. Mm -hmm. Okay. So- so what I'd like to know is... you. That's like also, the
2: audience for funny people
4: talking. 100,000 people. For the first things. half of the show. Right.
3: The second half of the show, there's like 19 people. But yes. <laughs> um, the But you've also had the opportunity to perform on stages with a lot of people who are there to see big musical acts. hmm Like so who, who have been some of the musical acts you've opened for? Uh, I in, opened in up...
2: Well, this is definitely very different from wrestling. I, it was yes. when I was in my girl band. Um but we opened up for Britney Spears and Sync Destiny's Child 98 degrees also similar sized audiences for um Britney and Sync with Destiny's Child they actually played a lot of um like the, just that specific tour they were doing a bunch of um cities that i think don't normally um have major a-list acts come through so in some of the places i remember actually like um, you know, and maybe only be like a 10,000 person audience, but it was the biggest facility they had. They would like clear out where they would do like cattle auctions and like build a stage from scratch and have us perform there because it was the biggest building they had in this town, um, which was really crazy, but also very cool. I mean, the pans, I mean, the the pans, the fans were incredibly passionate in those places. Do you ever get stage fright looking at it 100,000 people or does it rev you up? I actually think that it's less nerve-wracking to perform. I mean, I remember, like, growing up, like, you know, when I was, uh, you know, performing for these size audiences, but I was still in college and, you know, performing at something that was just among my peers um, that was, like, a small thing was much more uh, terrifying than performing in front of 50,000 people that were strangers that I didn't know that, you know. And also, too, the lights are so bright and everything else, you can really only see the first three rows anyway.
3: Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you're opening for a big act, um do you get to interact with that act? Yeah, for it, sure. Because uh, I didn't know what the dynamic was. If just It's a- different
2: on every tour. It depends on like, you know, if they do a yeah. lot of like media and press things in between the tour where they're like flying to another city that you're not at or if they're just constantly on the tour with you. Um, it also depends just on the performers, like, you know, how much they want to um, take that time. Um, Destiny's Child, they actually used to plan um, events that were – you know, fully comped and paid for, for the full tour, not just for the other performers, but for the crew as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we would go like rollerblading and they'd rent out like a roller skating rink or different things like that.
3: That's fun. Yeah. That's great. That, I, I like that dynamic of yeah, creating really that cool. family and that connection. Yeah. Um, what is one of the most memorable moments you remember being on stage that you'll sort of carry with you as a special in the locket moment
2: Actually, three things just popped through my mind. Fan. Gr- two great. were great. One was mortifyingly embarrassing. Great. Um, so uh, <laughs> one, the, I'll start with the two good ones, then I'll end on the mortifyingly embarrassing one. As you should. Uh, one was uh, me, I was actually getting to sing by myself at Michael Jackson's birthday, and I was saying PYT, which is the name of my band, also named after his song, PYT. Mm-hmm. And um he gave me a standing ovation and he's definitely wow, one of my idols.
3: Wee. Holy cow. And that what a memory
2: was awesome. <laughs> um another time would be when I performed at the Super Bowl. Um just literally I remember there was like a moment. Do you ever like feel those moments in your life where like you just take that extra second and you're like, I'm not gonna forget this. And I just remember they had given everyone um Like, Polaroid cameras, like, underneath their seats. And we were pregame, so, you know, they hadn't used all of the pictures or whatever yet in the Polaroid camera. And so when we started performing, we were opening up for Sting and Sticks, my band was. And I just remember I couldn't see anything because it was, like, the brightest light. It was, like, everyone was taking a photo at once. So it was just, like, this, like, like, imagine if stars could blink. Like, that's what it looked like. It was so surreal and so cool. Um, so that's the second one. And then the more, finally, embarrassing one. By
3: the way, I love, uh, excuse me for one second. I love how you just, so, yeah, and the time I was uh, performing at the Super Bowl, like it was just like <laughs> Tuesday, you know what I mean? It's like. Yeah. It's like I, no, I realize I, it's, I,
2: even I, when I say it, I don't even believe myself. I, I, I'm like, yeah, I, I did that. that I was am crazy.
3: excited because, and you don't need to talk about what the reality of this is, but you do not look like a person you, you look like a very young person. And so the amount of life you've lived, the ventures that you've had, that, that, and they're not things that have been thrust on you that you've earned, that mm-hmm. you've gone after and accomplished with talent and effort and sweat and and, uh, and entrepreneurialism, clearly. Mm-hmm. You're you. as a very entrepreneurial person. I love that you reach a point in which – and we have talked about this on the show with other people once in a while – that you look at a rung above you on the ladder and you say, oh my God, if I was only there. And then you're there and you think about it and you're excited about it. And then you go to the next one, mm-hmm. and now that's a rung you've been on and you don't think about that that much. Mm-hmm. But 16 rungs down, mm-hmm. every once in a while you need to think about that 16th rung For and say, sure. you know, when I was there, that was pretty dynamic. Well, the
2: unfortunate thing or fortunate thing, I guess, I mean, because there's obviously life lessons to learn from it in entertainment is that you can be at, you know, 16 rungs higher and then be thrust down back yes. to that lower 16th rung and then that- back up again, and everywhere in between. So I have been uh, rejected and humbled probably more times than, you know, someone who's lived their entire sure. full life. Uh, but that's part of the game. And at the end of the day, um, you know, if you're getting that yes, even 10% of the time, you're winning, so.
3: So speaking of humbled, your mortifying moment.
2: Oh, yeah, my mortifying moment. I didn't get to it. Okay. So, uh, I would
3: not let that go by.
2: Yeah. So we used to wear, I don't know if you remember these this trend, but it was a trend I feel like Maybe the band TLC, like, brought into in vogue. Oh, which pun intended, because I just said TLC and in vogue, both are bands. Anyway, okay, less funny when I explain my jokes. Okay, um, anyway, they used to wear these pants that were like I don't actually remember what the proper term for them was. They're like parachute pants, I guess. They're like super baggy, crazy hammer. Yeah, I called them like family of five pants because you could fit a family of five in them. They're just like (laughs) super huge. And we'd wear them with, like, crop tops or whatever. But so these specific ones that we had, they were made of this weird, weird material that was, like, almost, like, papery. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's towards the end of our set, of our opening act. I forget who we were opening for, but it was maybe sync or something. And I'm, you know, a sweaty mess because, I'm you know, we have full-on choreography during our entire set while singing. And so I'm sweating my face off, and there's this one... Uh, move that I do that was like basically like a hitch kick where I do this high kick in the air and uh, like at the beginning of the song and I do that the problem was my pants were sticking to me and I ripped a gigantic hole in my pants like gigantic and you know what's a girl to do so literally one of our moms who's like off stage Happened to have like a white sweater, which we were wearing all white and red. So she just chucks it at me, like like she just chucks it okay. at me from like the side of the stage. I grab it and I like tie it around my waist and like finish, finish performing because we had like that song left or whatever. But I'm talking about like full on, like full on rip size, like just in the crotch region. Just, ah, okay. Yeah,
3: not not in front of fifty thousand people. people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So
4: when the worst thing happens to you, then there's nothing left to fear, right? Yeah, I
2: was like, well. Yeah. All right, here we go. <laughs> Glad I wore underwear. <laughs> yeah, really.
3: You, you. I like to close on this question, at least for me, unless someone else has one. Um, you know, the the old saying: it's not it it's not whether you get knocked down; it's how you stand back up. And you know, as you've alluded to, Lauren, you can't get where you are without slipping along the way you go up three rungs you fall down to you for sure and so forth and so on it's whether you keep climbing and you keep i think about the number of people that that i know that are just supremely and uniquely talented individuals who gave up yeah and and the people who are left in the end they, they didn't give up they, they you know so my question for you is
2: really is a game you, of persistence for sure
3: can you talk about I want to put you back into a moment, whether this literally happened or not, where you're crying on the couch because you think it's all over.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, there's been many of those.
3: <laughs> What's the moment in your career so far in which you actually really considered, or the closest you came to considering sort of just giving up this entertainment stuff? It's not worth it, or it's, or. Or it's over or whatever. And then what made you rise from that and go pursue the next thing?
2: So I will share with you guys something that, um, I don't think I've actually ever shared it on an interview. Um, and actually most people, I don't even usually bring it up cause it's like confusing to people and whatever, but I, um, was in dental school. I had a, um, quarter life crisis. And, um, so when I, all my family are in the medical field, they're all doctors and um, I always really excelled in the sciences, and I did my um, major. I did all my pre med prereqs at UCLA, and I finished pretty much all of them in undergrad. But I decided, like, a couple years after graduating, that I wanted to finish the last few remaining, um, you know, science classes that I needed to finish to complete all of them. And so I did that. But all, it was always kind of like a contingency plan or a plan B, which I never ever, ever thought I would ever enact. I just was kind of doing it to have it. Um, so I did that. And then, um, in LA I was feeling super, super stagnant. I was feeling like, you know, I had done all these big things and I was making a, you know, a living doing what I was doing, but I didn't feel like I was going anywhere. I just kind of felt like I was like treading water and like going in circles. And it was really frustrating for someone who, you know, um, you know, makes these like plans and, uh, you know, wants to achieve that next wrong on the ladder, like we were talking about. And so I was like, screw it. I'm just gonna apply. Like, maybe this is what, you know, maybe I just need to like adult up and this is what I have to do now. So I, um, applied to dental schools. I got into pretty much all the schools I applied to. I went all over the country, like doing, you know, interviews and things like that. And then when they offered me the spot, I ended up getting a tour right at that time to go to Amsterdam for three months with a DJ duo. So I was like, screw this. I'm going to go be a rock star in Amsterdam. (laughs) So um, luckily, two of the schools actually allowed me to defer for a year where I didn't have to like reapply or anything. They were just like, okay, we'll save your spot. You can come next year. So next year came and I really felt like things were going in the right direction. Like I felt like they were better, but I just felt like I had almost gone so far down this path that I felt like I wasn't sure that I could turn back and it was so much work and it was so much effort and taking the DATs and all this other stuff. And keep in mind during all of this time that I'm like taking night school and taking the DAT and traveling all over doing interviews, I'm like full-time acting and singing and that's my career and everything else. So I end up saying yes and I moved to San Francisco. So I was in San Francisco um for a couple months going to dental school and it was the worst and not because, and I, I loved the school that I was at and it was amazing, amazing university and the kids were passionate and it was an, it would have been an awesome experience if I didn't have something else that I super, super loved and have known I've wanted to do it since birth. So it almost felt like everything I learned was taking, I was almost like bitter about it because I felt like it was taking me farther and farther away from what I really wanted to do. So if deciding to go to school was difficult and scary, quitting was the scariest thing I have ever done in my life because there's no going back after that. Like, first of all, now I'm in a city that's, you know, a very sea market in comparison to L.A. in terms of entertainment. There's just less work. Also, it's a more expensive city, possibly the most expensive city in the U.S. Also, I now have debt from um, student loans. Also, um, if I quit, I'm never getting back into a dental school again. There's no school that's going to, like, they're going to be like, what? Like, you were in, like, are you, do you think this is a joke that you took somebody else's spot, you know, that was dying to go and you just, you know what I mean? So all of these things are going through my head and uh, I just knew I had to do it. I knew I couldn't wait any longer. I knew every single week that I, um spent in school. I was just racking up more debt and I needed to, I needed to just take the plunge and figure it out. And I did. And it was the best thing that I've ever done. And, um, I ended up booking like a national commercial right away. I ended up, I reached out. Um, it actually kind of spurred a new, portion of kind of what I do now. So a big part of what I do, I've been fortunate enough because of my music and my acting and my DJing and everything to to grow a pretty significant social media following. And um, I became pretty skilled at how to, you know, take photos and how to market myself to the best of my ability and also how to content create and collaborate and work with brands and actually make it into a business and actually make money from it. So, um, and I was proactive about it just like, you know, kind of, we were you know talking about, so I wouldn't wait for brands to reach out to me. I would reach out to brands. And there was a friend of mine who ran an influencer marketing company. Basically what they would do is they would connect influencers with brands that would make sense where it would be a product that they would naturally want to promote because it would feel, uh, properly integrated with who they are as an influencer and content creator, et cetera. So I told him about what I was doing and how I was reaching out and my method about how I was. And he was like, this is amazing. Like you basically are having like a 90% success rate of like, you know, you reaching out to brands and them saying, yes, like, can you come on to our team and show us how you're doing this? So I, you know, got to work on like that sort of level and that side or whatever too, which was like a really awesome thing that I kind of utilized while I was in San Francisco I also, you know, then became a resident DJ at a bunch of different like nightclubs there and rooftops there and things like that. And then immediately started planning my attack of where I was going to move because I knew I couldn't stay in San Francisco. So I didn't want to move back to L.A. because I felt like that would be going backwards somehow. Like even though L.A. is an amazing place, it just it didn't feel right. Um, So I started looking at places that I wanted to move. And New York just really made the most sense. Um, It has the music. It has the acting. Um, I'm closer to my family here um, that live in Florida. Um, I lived here before when I was, um, a teenager, I was actually on a soap opera here for three years. Um, and I traveled back and forth with my mom, um, to New York and back to Florida. So I'd, I'd always wanted to live here as an adult, because obviously New York is a very different city when you're a teen than when you're full grown adult. So, um, I, I made the plunge and I did it. And I don't think I would have ever done that if it hadn't been, you know, school that had gotten me to leave LA in the first place, because I was in that kind of comfort zone, which to me really felt like a rut because it felt like I wasn't progressing. And, um, ever since I've been here, I feel like my career has just like taken off. I've met amazing people. I've been like intellectually and emotionally stimulated. Um, and everything has just been new and exciting and fun. And it also just feels like, you know, work is, I mean, life is not just about, you know, work. It's also about just like new chapters and new adventures that you're willing to take. And, um, I'm just excited. I wake up every day and I'm I'm happy about where I'm at and I'm happy about the things that I'm doing and the the people that I get to do it with and um so even though at the time it felt like the worst thing ever it was really the best thing ever um being an almost dentist um because I don't know if I would have ever made these life changes if it wasn't for that.
3: Is there a significance to the key that's around your neck?
2: Yes, there is actually. Um so there is a company it's called uh the giving key. And they uh, are a charity organization that when you buy one of their necklaces, first of all, there's a, 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 you can get a word inscribed um, on the key and you can choose that. And uh, you get two keys when you get, um, that are on chains when you get, when you purchase a giving key. One you get to keep, um, or you could give both away. And the other one you can give to someone that you think might benefit from the word. And the money um, from your purchase goes to help um, give shelter to homeless people. So um, I had known about the charity for a long time. I've had um, giving keys in the past that have said different words. And um, I wanted to, you know, to participate again. And so I got a couple different keys with a couple different words on them. And I've been giving them out to important and special people in my life. Um, And it's been really fun because I feel like whenever you have a gift – that has a story behind it. Yeah. Um every time they see it or think about it, you know, it it's meaningful. So I gave one to my boyfriend. I gave one to one of my best girlfriends that I met in San Francisco who actually randomly happened to move to New York at the same time that I did, which was a total blessing. And then I gave um another key uh to this was actually super crazy, but one of my bandmates that was in my girl band with me randomly hit me up. We've kind of been out of touch, like for years out of touch, years and years. I follow her on social media, but we hadn't really spoken. And she reached out to me saying that she was in New York. And um, she was like, yeah, I was going to come a day earlier, but I, you know, didn't have a place to stay. And I was like, why didn't you ask me to stay with me? Like, of course you could stayed with me. And she was like, oh, I didn't want you to think that I was reaching out to you because I just needed a place to stay. And I was like, okay, like, don't even... Don't ever think twice again. Like, please call me and ask me. And she's like, well, are you free, like, this afternoon? I was like, absolutely. I basically, like, cleared my day. And I gave her one of the keys. And mm. she, like, posted about it. And we took a picture. And it was nice. really, really cute. And it kind of just spurred – um you know, I'm going to be going to Denver for a wedding, which is where she lives. And now we're like already making plans to hang out. And it was really just amazing, just reminiscing and reflecting on everything. And it was crazy, too, because so the key that she has is the one is the um, mirror image of the one that I'm wearing. And it was crazy because that day she i had posted the the photo and she commented on it and was like, oh, my gosh, I can relate to this, which was so ironic because I was literally about to give it to her when she got to my house. So that was that's really well
3: really cool any chance of a girl band reunion?
2: You know, it's funny. Um we talked about that. I told her I was like, "You know, ever since Backstreet Boys has been performing uh in Vegas, mm-hmm. they're um and Spice
3: Girls is doing Yes, yeah, Spice mm-hmm. Girls have
2: been doing stuff like so O Town, Ryan Cabrera and Lance Bass from Sync are also doing another tour and I was like, "Wouldn't it be cool if we like even did a couple of shows?" And she was like, "That would be cool." So who knows? Maybe um just for old time's wow. sake and shits and gigs we get together and do that I mean honestly I could I remember like every single dance move right now so and she's like I don't (laughs) but I definitely (laughs) do they're like ingrained in my brain I don't think I will ever forget it yeah and we'll all come
3: right 100% yeah for sure um how can people be one of the seventy five thousand or whatever followers on your Instagram? And just how follow can they connect me. With you? Yeah. I'm
2: um I'm Lolo Mayhew on Instagram and Twitter. Um, everything else like YouTube, Facebook, or if you try to look me up on Spotify and hear my music, um, or iTunes, I'm just Lauren Mayhew, just my name. Um, but I'm really responsive. I respond to all my fans. Um. If you guys comment something or have questions, I respond to that. I do birthday shout-outs and birthday songs. I'm like, I'm very um uh, communicative uh, with people who reach out to me. And actually, um, if you're a songwriter or a cinematographer or a fellow influencer and you want to collaborate, I half the DJs that I work with I've never even met. I've met them because of social media. They've like hit me up on DM or um via direct message on SoundCloud or whatever and um i've made some amazing music with people that i've never met before that live in all areas of the world i've gotten um to collaborate with awesome influencers videographers photographers so don't be shy if you do something and you think there's something we can collaborate with hit me up
3: i think that's great yeah thank you all right i have a thousand more questions but there's just that point you have to move on with the show um, but thank you, Lauren, for sharing so Absolutely. much of yourself, including the story that you you didn't feel you had shared before. So I'm grateful that we got where you got to share that part of yourself. Absolutely. All right. This is the part of the show where Elsie comes to play. <laughs> we'll be right back.
1: On a 1 to 10 scale of Moronic, this program is a 19,412 and three-fifths. So, if you're into that sort of thing, buckle up! This is Funny People Talking.
3: That's right. End of show food. Now, here's what happens. Lauren Elsie scours the world left and right, forward and backwards, trying to find interesting snacks, foods, and everything that might just be interesting to taste. Right. Sometimes they're weird. Sometimes they're just fun. Uh, We never know what she's going to come up with. And what we do is uh, on her cue, we'll taste it, and then we get to rate it. Great! And I'm excited. we rate it on a scale of chickens.
2: Oh. It depends
3: on how many chickens you want. Whatever number of chickens you want your rating scale to be on, that's how many chickens it can be out of. Right. And uh, and then we'll kind of figure it out. And that's the way we like to close the show with end of show food. So, Miss Elsie, what have you brought for all of us to share?
0: Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Oh, Okay. I just have to say that I came up with a better lyric for my (laughs) my mishmash. I'm not going to do it, but I just wanted to say I just, I'm going to tell you what it was. Okay. It came to me because that's how things work in my head is when you're not trying, it happens. So instead of being at a loss for how to mix in the frog and chicken and meatball thing, I should have said I didn't want to eat frog's legs, but I've heard they taste like chicken.
2: Boom.
3: There you go.
0: Right? That's what I should have done.
3: There you go. Well done. If you have frog's legs for our end of show food. Because I talked be about not wanting to have frog's legs, but I said
0: I ate chicken That's or right. Something's much more lame. All right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're welcome. Now for end of show food. So my end of show food today is Righteous Felon craft Jerky. And I just love the artwork on the package. That's what caught my eye in the store. Um, Righteous Felon is also cool. Um, And the name of this is the Victorious B.I.G., which stands for beer-infused gastronomy and uh, stout-infused with a little bit of sweetness.
2: Nice. Sounds good.
0: So there you go. All right.
3: So I'm going to rip into this. Okay. So it's cool. It looks like a ye old jerky package. Just get like the brown paper old style.
2: Yeah, it's cool packaging.
3: Cool packaging. Yeah. It's like it's all, it's right. all basic ingredients. It's and so where did you find, where, what kind of a place did you find this? Uh, Elsie likes it already. Did you find it
2: awesome. this? It's awesome. It is pungent. I think it smells great. Yeah. I love beef jerky.
3: One time on the show, Lauren, we had mushroom jerky. It was amazing. Really? It was amazing.
0: I figured it was either going to be disgusting or amazing. Thank goodness it was the latter. I know. Right?
3: Yeah. Uh, so where did you find this? What kind of a place did you find this?
0: Uh, oh, um, this was, I found a lot of stuff at this store on mm-hmm. um, like 31st and 5th, so I think all it was. So just one of those places you randomly go yeah, by? Yeah, it's, it's called uh, Etc. Oh,
4: I know that place.
0: Yeah. It's it's it was just I found a whole bunch of stuff there that day that was
2: nice unique.
0: But right. there's also a lot of regular stuff there too, but all right. Let's do it. Ready? Three two one eat it.
3: <laughs> mm. So it was a little spice there. Well heat. Right? I like this. It's not too tough, it's not too leathery. Mm-hmm. But it's not gummy either, like some some unfortunate mm-hmm. jerky can be. Um, nice. It's nice and dark. It's almost like there's cherry in it or something like that. I have hints of licorice tobacco. Do you want to hear the ingredients? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Beef,
0: water, brown sugar, mm-hmm. Storm King Stout,
3: mm-hmm.
0: molasses, vinegar, mm-hmm. soybeans, alcohol, garlic powder, onion powder. Black pepper, chili powder, paprika, and cloves. It's a soy.
3: It's the cloves.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. It's got a richness to it. I like it. it. I yeah. could eat a
3: lot of this. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Good job, Elsie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Lois, how many chickens would you give this out of what scale?
4: Um, I would say 7 out of 10 chickens.
3: 7 out of 10. Now, what are the deductions, the 30% deductions for?
4: I'm not a jerky person. Uh, I may be jerky, but I'm not a jerky person. Uh-huh. So there's an that's the barrier.
3: Mm-hmm. Is that a health choice more or
4: a Texture taster? or taste or, I don't know, maybe a texture kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's not your thing. Yeah, and it's not ice cream, so that's yeah, also. If it was ice cream, we'd already be at 9.5 and then work from exactly. there, right? Okay. What's
2: your favorite ice cream flavor? Oh, there the are so flavor. many, yeah. right?
4: Anything that has chocolate and maybe peanut butter. Mm-hmm. Mm.
2: Mint
3: chocolate chip, hands down. Nice. I like. W- w- what about you, Elsie? You're you're an ice cream fan, I think.
0: Yeah. Um, I like Häagen-Dazs chocolate peanut butter. That's one that I love, mm. and um, mint chip. Those are my two faves. Oh. But I also there's um um talent. Oh, makes, oh makes, is it Talenti? No, it's Graders. Graders. Mm. Yeah, Graders makes great. a black raspberry chocolate oh, chip. That's uh, amazing. Excellent. Mm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I like a good root beer ice cream. Mm. Haven't had that in a long time. I'm craving I don't think that. you've ever tried that. I bet that would go good with jerky. Um. What about you, Elsie? What's your rating system on this?
0: I'd say 68 out of 72.
3: Ah, deductions for?
0: I thought it was a little dry. Mm, interesting. Yeah. The texture was fine, but I think it could have been a little better. But the flavor was very good.
3: Yeah. yeah. I like the flavor. I'm going to go with an 8.9 out of 10. And only because I felt that there weren't enough large pieces in the bag. I felt it was too shredded for my taste. I would have I may have to... eaten
2: some of those. Well, Took it's a pretty good. nice handful. That's fine. <laughs> but I'm
3: saying it, there should be more. There should be more big pieces in the... In, yeah, they in are the... kind of all... You know, there's a great jerky place in Cleveland or Cincinnati, I can't remember which, that has these pieces of jerky that are not cured. They actually need to be refrigerated, but they're still jerky and they are like the most beautiful pieces of steak that you could ever get. And it's not cheap, but it is literally, I, I saw- I don't feel it. like
2: any jerky is cheap. I feel like it's all pretty like-
3: Yeah. Um, I think you tasted that one time, Elsie, yeah. and um, and I saw it on. Um, it's like a program that's like uh, f- food that sh- the best food I ever ate or something mm. like that. And chefs talk about the best food that they ever. Oh, ate. Oh yeah, that's and, right. Yeah, and yeah. This yeah. was one of the things they talked about. And it's just, anyway, Lauren, you're uh, you're rating on this.
2: I'm gonna go to seven out of ten chickens as well. Also because I agree with you. Um, I it it was a a little bit dry, mm-hmm. but I do really like the flavor. Also too because and I'm totally blanking on the name of it, but there's this one brand of beef jerky that like is just so bomb dot com. It's so good and I feel like every single one of their flavors Did you say is amazing. Bombed
3: Bomb dot com.
2: Bombed.com. Um I feel like it's uh, so lackluster though that I'm not remembering the name of the um brand. I feel like I have to like continue speaking and I will I will come up with it.
3: Lauren is checking her. Phone. <laughs> no, no, no! I don't <laughs> I'm kidding, mean about, I'm that. Just kidding about that. So, uh, okay, seven out of ten chickens. Uh, I will give it an eight point nine out of ten. The dryness did not bother me very much. It was, I just yeah. You said it was because of the size yeah, of the pieces. Yeah. Did yeah. I already rate it? Yeah, yeah, you I, did. I forgot I had done that. Okay, um, but it was the same rating. So it was the same so rating. Oh, here so
2: it is. Crave is the name oh, of it. Oh, we've had crave. Oh, yeah, so good. Yeah, and they have that, that a chili lime or flavor, chili lime. Oh, yeah,
3: to I know. Die that's the bomb. for. They they make. Have you ever had bacon jerky? No, that's pretty good.
0: Is Crave's the one that has the black cherry one as well, right?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what you shouldn't have salmon jerky. Not a fan. Uh, all right. Can't thank Lauren Mayhew enough for being here and sharing some some fun time together and diving into some improv and, uh, and sharing stories. Best of luck to you. I, I don't think you need it. I think you've already carved your own luck out. But I have a feeling that you're only going to go as far as you stop yourself. The rest is, is up to you. I just, thank you. You've got such a huge career. And I think when you say, okay, I'm done with the girl band thing. Maybe I'm done with the DJ thing. Maybe I'm done with this. If those days ever come, you will have already, I truly believe that you, Lauren, will immerse yourself in a universe, in in a world in which other things will be possible. The people that you've associated yourself, it won't be one day when you say, I'm done with this. Now, what do I do? You will already be in motion doing those things. And it's just a matter of saying, I'm going to do more of that. Thank you. So best of luck. And thanks so much for your time. Absolutely uh and uh thank you lois hersica for joining us on funny yeah. people talking what a what a what a fun time to have you here
4: thank you mark and elsie and well, lauren
3: yeah, great and um you i can can't get wait, the hiccups <laughs> uh, oh i can't wait for you to be on the train listening You're to right. this show <laughs> um and elsie thank you very much for the end of show and for everything else And that's it, everybody, for this episode of Funny People Talking. We'll see you next week with another amazing and funny guest. Until then, stay funny. See you later.
1: Well, that wasn't too bad, considering it was free. Y'all come back again real soon now, you hear? This has been Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at, at @mouthmedianetwork Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening.
4: This
2: is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.